once I found, you know, a great partner as far as that goes, it made everything easier. We could bounce ideas off each other all the time, looking, meeting brokers, just you could multiply your ability to get jobs done, done right. So I would say um, finding a good partner would definitely help. Best ever listeners, where are you going to be on February 22nd and 23rd? I am visualizing that you're going to be in Denver, Colorado, because that's where the best ever conference is. And that's when it is February 22nd, 23rd. Go to besteverconference.com and even put in take five. So you get 5% off your ticket. So that is T-A-K-E and the number five whenever you purchase your ticket. And buy now because ticket prices go up weekly. So go to besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference, the agenda, the speakers. We've got an incredible speaker list focused on commercial real estate. So that includes five plus units if you're in multifamily. And you're going to get a lot of value from this conference. Go to besteverconference.com. It's the third time we've done it. It improves every year and we have raving reviews. I'm not just saying it. Ask people who have attended every year. Besteverconference.com. Enter take five, T-A-K-E five when you purchase your ticket and get an extra 5% off. Ticket prices going up weekly, so get it today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Bill Zoller, how you doing, Bill? Great, Joe. Glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you on the show and a little bit about Bill. He founded Park Capital Properties in 2016. He's the president he recently syndicated a 216-unit deal in Hotlanta, Georgia. We will focus the majority of our time talking about that deal, want to learn all about it. He has 16 years of real estate experience, focused on apartment investing, and he's also a professional pilot based in Asheville, North Carolina. So with that being said, Bill, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure, Joe. Like you said, started investing back in single-family homes back in around 2002, 2003 timeframe, and then transitioned here to commercial real estate maybe a little over two, two and a half years ago with a focus on the Southeast, like Atlanta, Charlotte, Greenville area. Now we're syndicating 100-plus apartment complexes is what brought us to our most recent deal there at 216 units, like you said, in Atlanta. And I believe I just heard you say you started focusing on it a couple years ago. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Yes, about a little over two years ago, started Park Capital Properties with the, the purpose of syndicating commercial apartment complexes. And then how long ago did you close on this 216-unit deal? We closed on this one as of this recording just about a month ago, back in September 14th. So it took approximately two years to find and close a deal? That's correct. Yeah. And Probably 18 months of really searching for it. 18 months of searching. So for people who think that is a long time, what would you say to them? It just depends on your view of how that'll play out. As you know, there's a lot of groundwork laying. It wasn't wasted time that first 18 months. We educated ourselves on the markets, a lot of establishing relationships with mortgage brokers, really just laying the groundwork for what has become now. And after this closing, we've had multiple other offers we're looking at off market. So it it definitely picks up momentum as you go, but it's definitely kind of a hurdle as you work toward establishing yourself and the credibility in the market on the first one. Do you feel at any point within those 18 months that it wasn't going to happen? No, we're always making progress. 
you know, we, we did a lot of networking, we did a lot of events. We started our own meetup group to focus on multifamily here in the Asheville area, the Asheville Multifamily Investor Club. We're just looking for the right deal. As you know, the, the market's kind of hot right now also. So there's a lot of stuff that's overpriced we we're seeing, but uh, we just wanted to make sure we found one that all the numbers worked and was going to be a good deal for us and our investors. We're so, just patient. So backtracking to say, let's go month. 16, whatever month that is, but month 16. So it's been 16 months. You've been searching. You've been, as you said, making progress, but you still haven't found a deal yet. What's your mentality and what thoughts are going through your head as it relates to the business? When I say we haven't found one, we've been investing final in a couple of them. So we're actively sending an LOI. They're going for more than we were willing to pay for them. Mm-hmm. But we were active in the process, but we knew in just a matter of time. We stuck to our criteria and just waited for something that and everything matched up for us. But we never had any question that wouldn't close. What was the criteria or what is the criteria that you're looking for in deals? Basically, 100 units or higher, so usually to the 100 and 300 unit range. We like typically 80s or 90s. This one actually was a 72, so it just happened to fit another niche for us, stabilized from day one. So. 90% physical occupancy, 85 economic. And cash flow just still with some kind of value add proposition to it so we can go in there and renovate the units and force appreciation. So tell us how you found this 216 unit deal. Actually, I guess kind of the point that always looking, my business partner, Richard and I, actually had gone down to Atlanta to meet with a different broker group. And we said came in on our inbox a day or two before, so we just had it on the radar. And we had a little time ahead of time we scheduled, so we drove by the property, happened to see one of the brokers we knew actually giving a tour of the property at that time. So went to lunch, sent him a quick text, and we were able to see it a half hour later. Found out from the broker relationships that it was going to be an offer and an opportunity to preempt the property. So we had the numbers and we went back and ran them. They made sense to us as we dug into it, and we were able to preempt the call for offers process. Really? So the broker had the deal and they were putting together the offer memorandum that they share with their clients and potential buyers. And he gave you the info on the deal. And prior to that marketing package being sent out to their list, you proactively made an offer and got that accepted so that it didn't go to market. It actually had the OM actually out. It was just launching it, I believe. But he gave us a price that he said, if you you can meet this price, come in with money hard on day one. We're thinking preemptive for this and just kind of short circuit the whole process. Wow. Like, so we went back and looked at all our numbers and it, it made sense. So that's what we went with. And what numbers can you tell us about the deal? Basically, it was actually 58000 a door. That's what we paid for it. So it was a little over twelve five total purchase price. We have about a little over 1.1 million CapEx budget on top of that. As we ran the numbers, Joe, we could get 58 a door. We know an older property that we looked at a month or so earlier was in under contract and now it has closed for 73,000 a door for their unrenovated units. The property exactly next door to us, we share a property line with on our Eastern boundary, their rents were 200 to $450 higher for their renovated units. And we can make all our numbers work with better than 18% IRR return on it just hitting $100 bumps. So we can come in well under the neighboring property and still make all our projections. And there were other several other value-add scenarios to that. There's a, like a water loss is around just under $90,000 a year. 
We have a plan to go in with our green program with a low flow toilet, shower heads, aerators. And if we can get two thirds of that back at a six and a half cap, that's over 900,000. And at 90,000 is $1.3 million. We can add to the value of the property. And like I said, the rent bumps, if we can come in with those, that's another four to five million at a six and a half cap between 100 to 125 per unit. So we saw a lot of potential there. And actually, we we're just on our call yesterday for the Monday morning report, and we are achieving close to that just through our granite grant, the rent bumps. They were enough below. We're getting between 100 to $200 more, actually 80 to $200 more just by asking for it. So we haven't written, started the renovations yet. We're coming close to hitting our performer numbers. Wow. If I heard you correctly, you said just through your organic growth. So the lease renewals, where you're not putting any money into the units, you're getting an increase of 80 to $200 in rent? That's correct. Just by asking, yeah. It's fairly early. So it's only been about a month, but we have been able to lease up units at that new higher rate simply by asking. And we've bumped the water about 5 to $10, depending on the unit size, also to help take some of that delta out from the water loss before what? we start implementing what year of construction is the property next door that's 200 to $450 under what your rents are after they renovate? It is newer. It's about 10-year newer property. So it's uh, mid-80s and we're like at 72. So uh, our plan wasn't to compete dollar for dollar with them, but as even like I said, come in 100 to $200 lower than them so we can still offer renovated units at a, be a kind of a value proposition. How do the amenities compare between the two? Both have... Swimming pools and the sports courts, we're going to add some of our extra improvements. We're going to expand the sports court. We're looking at building like a pavilion, also like a picnic area, so we can have kind of a community feel, kind of tying that all in together with picnic tables, cookouts, some landscaping redo. The clubhouse, we're looking at renovating that also to come a little more modern with possibly a gym and cyber cafe. So I think it's fairly comparable now, and we're going to make it even more so here over the next 18 months. A cyber cafe, is that just a business center? It is, yeah. <laughs> a little fancier word for You're it. So but yeah. Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds better. Yeah, I'd rather be a cyber right. cafe <laughs> than a business center. Wouldn't you have me? <laughs> so all the same money to build, so why not? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The property that you bought, I mean, it sounds like a perfect value add deal given the numbers that you've mentioned, what were some challenges that you had putting the deal together once you identified it? There was a lot. And that kind of goes toward, I guess, my main point, if I had any for the best ever listeners, was it's kind of a tie to each other, but networking and your team that you have, your partnerships. As we went through this, we had an original key principle in the deal that was with us up until about 14 days before we were supposed to close and then backed out of the deal. So that kind of threw a wrench into the work. So we Again, through, I won't say Rolodex because nobody will know what that is these days, but went back to the Apple phone and went through our contacts and looked for other people that we knew would be a good partner, a good fit for the project. Found someone that would step in for the KP position, which was a, a great team member. We're glad to have him on board. And the same with some of the raise. There was a little slower initially than we thought on the raise part. And again, through networking and some conferences I went to, found a great equity partner to help raise money for us. Very successful. We did I think, basically two webinars. In soft commitments after the second webinar, we canceled the third one of over $8 million in soft commitments, and we were only trying to raise just under three. So it went very smooth. We were very happy with that. Once we got the right people in the right seats on our team, it's definitely a stronger team now than when we started. But there's definitely a lot of challenges that came up. And like I so said, we had money hard on the deal 
early into it. So when this all happened, we were well into six figures of money hard. So we just had to find a way to make it happen and it all worked out for the best. But again, that just goes back to the networking and team members. How much did you have hard? 200,000. Yeah, 200,000. Was that all your money? Mine and my business partners, yeah. We each had 50% of that. Okay. And the key principal, the KP, who backed out 14 days prior to closing, what did you learn from that experience? That you always have to have contingency plans. From my, my other job, like you said, as a pilot, we always have multiple contingency plans if anything goes wrong. So it's just a thought process always, I guess, I go through to make sure that kind of your worst case scenario, we certainly weren't expecting it. <laughs> but as it happened, it wasn't something that kept us too far off our game. We basically, when we hung up from that call, we just started working again. And within a little over a week, we were able to backfill that. And But I guess it's always have a plan and have a backup plan because things will change. Life happens. Sometimes you just never know what's going to transpire, but just keep leaning in and <laughs> you can find a solution to it. Were there any particular reasons or things that were listed as a reason for backing out that could be applied towards future deals? They're big syndicators. They had a lot of stuff going on at the same time. They closed, I think, on 500 and some units in Nashville, another 100 and some in Knoxville, right around the same time. So I think they just had a, a lot of irons in the fire. And one of the two partners that he's involved with is not necessarily a fan of a land. He doesn't invest in there currently. So I think between those two factors kind of talked him out of investing with it, which would have been fine if we'd known a month or so earlier. 14 days before closing, it makes it kind of rough. So logistically speaking, you're 14 days out and you had a key principle back out. What are the implications of that? So I guess one, what specific role were they serving to get you to the finish line? And then two, well, we'll just start with that. What's the answer to that first question? He actually brought two things. He was wrapped up with the experience that he had over 5,000 units between him and his partner. And he also had the net worth. This particular loan required over $15 million net worth to be and the liquidity part of it also. So he was able to bring all of that to the deal for us. So once he backed out, then obviously we had to start exercising some of our options for extensions on the contract, which again, was $25,000 per extension. So it cost us a couple of those also, but we just rolled in the price at the end of it. So as long as we closed, it wasn't too much of a factor. Mm -hmm. And the extensions that you were doing, so you personally had $100,000 non-refundable. And then I imagine you split the, was it, you said 25K per extension? Yes, and that was including the two twenty-five thousand dollar extensions, and there was the two hundred total, so a hundred piece we had. Okay, got it, got it. So initially, how much did you have non-refundable? We put a hundred thousand dollars hard initially up, and then there's a fifty thousand dollars for the loan, and then another two twenty-five thousand dollar extension, so it added up to the two hundred thousand hard before we got to the closing. Did you have any thought prior to extending the closing, but after the key principal backed out? hey, maybe I should cut my losses and not put an additional 12500 if you you were splitting with your partner into this deal? We didn't because we knew it's a good deal. We ran those numbers multiple times. I've ran them several times through our spreadsheet. My business partner ran them through. I paid a third party to run them also. We were confident, as the mortgage broker ran the numbers, we were confident in the deal. We knew it was a good deal. So just for the fact that we knew we had a good deal, we knew we had a great business plan, 
And as far as our reputation with the brokerage community too, we had to close on it. So it was never an option for us. We knew we wanted to, and we had everything lined up other than one small hiccup and we solved that. So like I said, but that goes back to the team. Having the right people and your right partners definitely helps. You're not there by yourself trying to figure that out. What's something that surprised you about this deal that we haven't talked about? I think it's probably the neighborhood. We knew it had some good opportunities. It's kind of the path of progress. Just some of the stuff that's sold around it recently after we had it in a contract. Like I mentioned, the one that was older, sold for 73 a door. There's one similar vintage that just closed. It was an off-market deal. Closed for a little over 62, just down the road in close proximity to where we are. The neighboring property was under contract, I think, for mid-80s. It's a newer property for sure. But just the neighborhood's kind of trending up like that. There's got Atlanta Sports Complex, I believe, is going in just the next exit down from us, which is a $300 million project. They're bringing there, which bring close to 2,000 jobs to the area. So there's just a lot of positive upside economic drivers, I think, with this project also. And you bought it at 58 a door? 58 a door, yes. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? I think it would go back to having somebody you can rely on as far as partnership. I definitely went farther quicker once I decided to partner up. I was doing all this initially on my own. But once I found somebody, and make sure, of course, you have the same work ethic and all that. But once I found you know, a great partner, as far as that goes, it made everything easier. We could bounce ideas off each other all the time, looking, meeting brokers. Just you could multiply your ability to get jobs done, to underwrite. So I would say um, finding a good partner would definitely help. I am um, glad. Best ever listeners. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I had written down to ask you that question, but I did not. So now I will. How did you meet your partner? I met my partner, Richard, probably about two years ago, actually, in a local RIA meeting here. We were both interested, got to talking about the multifamily side of it. He was, had some single family rental at that point and was wanting to get into something else to replace his full-time job to do this as a career also. So yeah, we, we just worked together over a few months and got to know each other well and started looking at properties, getting in cars, driving, meeting brokers, and putting the legwork in and found out we worked really well together. And like I said, if after this last deal, if nothing showed up then, then I think it's going to be a pretty good partnership. Like I said, there's a lot of stressors in this last one. So everybody kept working hard and we were able to push through. So yeah, it's basically local networking. How do you divide up responsibilities? He actually has a project management background. So he does a lot of the tasks on putting them in a list. And we just kind of basically take half the list each. I'll email certain brokers. I'll call for some of the bids and we're just going to break them up that way. There's not a, a clear division of labor at this point. We're both kind of all doing a little bit of everything to make sure we have fully rounded on our knowledge of the entire business. But at some point, I'm sure we'll kind of break that into individual specialties. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? You bet. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Best ever listeners, best ever conference. That's where you want to be. February 22nd and 23rd in Denver, Colorado. 
put in the code TAKE5, T-A-K-E, and the number 5 to get an extra 5% off. Ticket prices go up weekly, so buy it today, besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference at the website, all about the speakers. You can read about them and what you will experience when you're there, besteverconference.com. Okay, Bill, best ever book you've recently read? It's not in real estate. I would say Endurance, about Shackleton's voyage to the South Pole. It's an amazing book on perseverance, leadership, determination. It's an epic story. Best ever deal you've done? I would have to say this one, Windward Forest. We're very excited about this and the potential and implementing our business plan, so this one. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Early on, back in probably 2005 or so, I was out west and got it with a group looking at some commercial office buildings being built up. It was a great-looking property, great location. The numbers looked good on it. But what my mistake there, I guess, was not properly vetting the partners. As it turned out, it looked on the surface. They managed over a 1,000 residential units in the area. They were very active. They did seminars. It looked very legit, but as it turned out, they weren't that ethical. So that was a mistake in not vetting my partners better in the beginning, kind of falling in love with the deal versus actually just looking at the numbers. What happened? What'd they do? I had a couple hundred thousand dollars in that deal. Couldn't get it back. There was nothing happening. And it ended up having to litigate. It took 18 months. I was able to get my money back plus my attorney fees. And that was luck on that part of the timing of it. There's a guy right behind me that also had a suit against the same individual that was a much bigger player. And he didn't settle. He took it all the way. And basically the guy was bankrupt and lost his license to practice real estate. There was a lot of fraud they found in the case that followed mine. So I was just fortunate to have mine a little bit ahead of his in the queue. So I got my money back when he still had some. But yeah, that was a learning experience. How'd you get introduced to them? Because I had all the single family rentals at the time and they were a large management company. Got so it. they were managing my single family portfolio. Yeah. Well, that's tough because they're a property management company and they're managing properties of yours. That could blindside a lot of people, myself included. And like I said, all the things look legit. Going to the seminar, they had a growing business. It looked like a very legitimate business, but yeah, I watch a lot of American Greed, so you see a lot of examples of things that you think you would catch, and then some you realize that was just pretty good salesmanship. What question or specific due diligence would you do on a group now, knowing what you know that you didn't do with them? I think I would find other partners they've worked with on deals, multiple ones, and kind of interview them, ask questions, and see how that turned out. Not just ones that they give me, but then people that they give me, the second generation down, kind of to get more of an accurate assessment of how the project actually transpired. Best ever way you like to give back? Local charities in our church here in Asheville. But in the real estate side of it, I guess with the Asheville Multifamily Investor Club we started, basically we tried to share any knowledge we gained through our projects, and we try to bring in local experts as far as property management company sponsors, anybody else that could add value to, to people just trying to get started or trying to find what to look for in deals that they want to invest on the limited partner side. So we try to be as helpful with anybody getting started. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? Through my website, parkcapitalproperties.com or LinkedIn, Bill Zaylor and my LinkedIn profile, and they have contacts and connections to me. This is certainly a story of patience and perseverance, and not only with the 18 months of making offers but not getting one accepted and then you did 
and boy was it worth it but then also that two hundred thousand dollars that you had initially lost because of the partners that you invested with and you had to litigate plus attorney fees coming out of that and then still jumping into real estate and doing deals pretty impressive the perseverance that you've got and Certainly a lot of lessons learned along the way, and I'm grateful that you shared with them. Finding the right team with a contingency plan is something that came to the surface during our conversation as well. So thanks again for being on the show. Really enjoyed it. Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Enjoyed it very much. Have a good day. Best ever listeners, best ever conference. That's where you want to be, February 22nd and 23rd in Denver, Colorado, Put in the code TAKE5, T-A-K-E, and the number 5 to get an extra 5% off. Ticket prices go up weekly, so buy it today, besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference at the website, all about the speakers. You can read about them and what you will experience when you're there, besteverconference.com.